This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode 247 of Hillbilly Horror Story. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Tracy, we have a really fun story tonight. Good. Okay. You know what? I say, I feel bad saying that because some of these stories are just tragic and it feels bad saying fun. But I mean, it's an interesting story. Yeah, that might be the best story. word to use. Yeah, because I don't think this is going to be... <laughs> so yeah, we'll say interesting story. And it'll probably be a little closer to <laughs> but I, I will say you're going to listen to tonight's story and it was so long ago but it's it's going to probably hit home for a lot of people because there's a lot of similarities to what we're going through these days okay all right so first of all we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world no matter which country you represent thanks to all of you for what you do yes god bless you guys and we continue to pray for you all and hope you guys get to come home soon also, we want to make sure that everyone knows that if they're struggling, if they're having a tough time out there, if depression has set in, if you're just starting to feel a little down on life, reach out for help. Reach out, call somebody. Uh, don't ever think you're a burden. That's not the case. Uh, your mind plays tricks on you. Your mind will tell you horrible things that aren't reality. And I just want you to know that no matter what your mind is saying, it's wrong and go in the opposite direction. Please know that you're loved. Everyone out there has somebody that you mean the world to. It's just that simple. And if you need to talk to somebody, Tracy and I are always available. The group is always available. If you haven't joined the Hillbilly Horror Stories group on Facebook, join. And I promise you, if you just want to spill your guts because you just think it'll feel better, uh, getting it off your chest, and trust me, it will. You'll have tons of people to be there to support you in uh, in whatever you're going through. That is totally correct. We guys um, adore you all, and we're here for you. And, you know, whatever we need to do, we'll make it happen. But if you would rather talk to someone um, through the hotline, you can call the number 800-273-8255. You can text them at 741-741. All right, Tracy, are we ready to get into this? Yeah, I'm ready, sweetheart. Now, after this episode, you guys are not going to want to miss this, but after our story, we have an exclusive interview with Mr. George Shoplin. George has been a paranormal investigator for a little over 10 years. Uh, He's had a near-death experience that afterwards left him open to a lot of different uh, abilities, we'll Mm -hmm. say, that were always there, but they enhanced after that. But he's also a motivational speaker, and I'm telling you, and I know I've said this before, out of all the interviews we've done, this may be my favorite just because he's a hell of a guy. He The, the interview literally brought me to tears twice, mm-hmm. just hearing everything. He's a cancer survivor. He's 
you name it. And, and he was on Ghost, one episode of Ghost Adventure, the Kennedy Mines uh-huh. episode way back in the day. But um, you guys are going to absolutely love this. Yes, please listen to him, guys. He is such a motivator. Um, just happy as he can be and just wants everybody else to be happy in life. So please, please, if you don't listen to any other episode or interview or whatever, you please need to check him out. You will not be sorry. Yeah, I think you'll like it. So, all right. In the past year, we've all learned about pandemics and quarantining, to say the least. That's an understatement. It's unusual for a pandemic such as COVID-19 to take the world by storm these days, but in the 1800s, it was very common. So in order to get into the story that we're covering tonight, we need to go back and cover a little bit of American history. Mm -hmm. In 1776, Great Britain lost the American colonies. We all know that. So in 1783, the British government decided that they were going to set sail to establish a new penal colony in New South Wales, Australia. That was their way of kind of replacing us. Mm -hmm. A camp was set up and a flag was raised at Sydney Cove, Port Jackson. So that's where all this took place. This happened on January 26th, 1788. This date became known uh, eventually as Australia Day. So just like our... You know, that's their day to celebrate, mm-hmm. you know, their countries. Like Fourth of July for us. Yeah, something like that. It's not really independence, but, oh. um, you know, for us, that's what that was. But for them, it's just their federal holiday. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the British were shipping their convicts here. That's what a penal colony is, for those of you who don't know. And Maryland, the state of Maryland, was set up the same way. Mm-hmm. So this served two purposes, basically. It shipped their convicts out of their country, mm-hmm. so they weren't there. And at the same time, they were able to get free prison labor out of it once they got over to oh, Australia. gotcha. And keep in mind that most of these convicts were convicted of petty crimes, uh, so they weren't really like hardened criminals mm-hmm. or anything. And when they got to Australia, they were assigned jobs like laborers or servants. Most settled into colonial society after their time was served, and they were released from prison. Australia, especially New South Wales, became a very prosperous and important shipping port. So at this point, you are all probably confused as hell, because we started off talking about pandemics and quarantining, and then we started talking about the British setting up penal colonies and how lucrative the shipping business in uh, Australia is. So we kind of jumped all over the place. We sure did. (laughs) So here is the tie-in. I said that in the 1800s, diseases were running rampant, and that pretty much was the case everywhere. Therefore, in the 1820s, to prevent the spread of diseases such as the bubonic plague, cholera, tuberculosis, typhoid fever, smallpox, and of course the Spanish flu, which was huge back in that time, the incoming ships from Europe, whether they had supplies or prisoners, were made to sit in the dock for up to 40 days to quarantine all passengers. 40 this, days? Up to 40 days. This was Now, sometimes they would, uh, if, if they, it wasn't always every passenger. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if it was a, if some passengers seemed to be perfectly healthy, they would let them go. But if there was any signs at all that they might be sick, they made them quarantine. Mm-hmm. And that's very similar to what a lot of that's been going on in the last year or so. 
Yeah. You know, you, you can't go into a place without them checking your temperature right, or something right. like that. So all that kind of is, is similar, not maybe as drastic as that. In 1832, the Quarantine Act was passed in New South Wales. That made it straight up the the law that this had to be done. Mm-hmm. Eventually, there was an uprising from uh, a bunch of these, these shipping merchants who refused to sit in quarantine for 40 days because they had other places to be and now it was costing them money. Well, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. This resulted in the building of the North Head Quarantine Station. And this is exactly what you think it would be. Now, so this this is a building to where when people need to be quarantined, they stayed in this building until mm-hmm. they were ready to be set free. Canada, literally in the last month, month and a half, has been doing the same thing. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, not to that level, but if you... I, I was just listening to a news story that said if if passengers got off of a plane uh-huh. and they were sick or they felt like they were sick, the government was sending them to uh, government locations to be held under quarantine before they could be sent back home. Oh, wow. So this, you know, 100 years ago, the same thing was going yeah. on. Yeah. So that like sure mess up your plans, right? Right. So anybody getting off of ship had to wait there until they had been cleared to be a part of society. There, This was not a fun place, Tracy. Trust me, it, it wasn't. wasn't. No. Up until the 1830s, most of the ships that were coming in held convicts. But by 1831, there were 34 immigrant ships that had arrived. The next year, 63 immigrant ships had came in. And this is what prompted the Quarantine Act, because it was getting to the point to where there were so many people coming in, mm-hmm. there was no way they were going to be able to control it oh, without God, there's no way. That's trying so to many cut people. it off right there at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, definitely. In 1837 and 1838, the death rate at the facility forced some changes. One in ten children died in those years, and mostly because of lack of food, uh, sanitary conditions, and just basically medical attention wasn't what it needed to be. Mm, it was four babies. You got to keep in mind, when this place was built, it was designed to hold 150 people. Mm-hmm. At one you know point, as you'll find coming in, there were ships that would arrive that had over 1,000, you know, not one ship, but the ships would arrive with over 1,000 people at uh, one time. Now, all had to cram in there together, I guess. Right. The complex opened August 14th of 1832. And get this, it operated until February 29th, 1984. No way! Are you serious? <laughs> yes. During that time, approximately 600 people died while in quarantine. Mm. And this was out of approximately 26,000 people who spent some time there during the operational years. Well, I mean, I guess that's a low number considering, I guess. It's still terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's still a low number. But how many people did it save? How yeah. many of those 600 that, that did die there would have went on and maybe spread whatever they had mm-hmm. to so many different other people? Yeah. So I guess there's no way to really even think of calculating that. Now, we said it was 600 people that died. It is possible that there were more because the record keeping in the early days wasn't that good. And when you consider the living conditions were even worse because in the very beginning, sometimes there were nothing but tents set up for some of these people to live in for up to 40 days. Yeah, that's that's just crazy. 
The unfortunate people who never left the facility spent their last few days or, or possibly even weeks in excruciating pain in the hospital ward that was cut off from the rest of the migrants that were thought to be healthy. So if you were sick, it was kind of like the old days of Waverly Hills. You went in, you, you probably you weren't coming yeah. out. That's very so sad. They would not have been allowed to see any of their family members or have any religious last rites given to them before they died for fear of spreading the infection. Once again, sounds a lot like what a, a lot of people have experienced during our pandemic to where people went into the hospital and nursing homes and weren't allowed to see any of their parents for fear of that. Yeah. So that's when I was, you know, researching this, that's the first thing that I thought of was mm-hmm. how many people didn't get to have funerals or, yeah. you know, I don't know about the last right situations, uh, you know, during this time, but I know a lot of family members didn't get to spend time with their loved ones when they were yeah. on their deathbeds. Well, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I know most hospitals have priests there. Right. And I mean, I hopefully they made that possible. I'm sure they probably did. I'm going to insinuate that they probably did or assume. Yeah. One of the most well-known stories here is of a 27-year-old volunteer nurse. Her name was Ann Egan. She contracted the Spanish flu while she was nursing six soldiers that were returning home from World War I in 1918. She repeatedly requested for a Roman Catholic priest to administer her last rites, but her requests were denied. She died December 3rd, 1918. Her grave can still be visited in quarantine stations, the only surviving cemetery. And I say that because there were three cemeteries at one point, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Many others who died were unfortunately scattered in that cemetery in unmarked graves. Oh, gosh. Now, the reason they have unmarked graves goes to the other two cemeteries that I've mentioned. The two cemeteries had to be removed because one of them was too close to fresh drinking a water stream. Ooh. So they they had to take care of that. I don't mean to say ooh, but that's gross. And the other one, the other cemetery was too close to living quarters. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that would have been the the issue, except for the 1820s or 30s, maybe. Yeah. It might not have been as, uh, you know, there might have been some problems with smell or maybe health or health wise or something coming from it because a lot of these people died of diseases well yeah but like what if it rained or or does that you know i'm saying i don't know if that would have any so they took these bodies dug them up put them in the other cemetery and in most places they just buried them and no headstones no anything so now you got some background on, on the location and what it used to be and why there might be a few spirits lingering around because you could imagine just from that Mm mm-hmm there might be something. Oh, I'm sure there is. I mean, that was such a devastating thing to have to go through. I mean, I just can't imagine. So I guess we should talk about now what the old quarantine station is today. Would you believe that it is a luxury hotel resort with many of the original buildings still intact? No way. The Northhead Quarantine Station and Reserve is owned by the Office of Environment and Heritage, which is a government agent in New South Wales, Australia. It was added to the Australian National Heritage List in May of 2006 and is part of the Sydney Harbour National Park. It is a hotel and conference center and a restaurant complex known as Q Station. Q Station? Yeah. So that's the name today. It's a very much sought after venue for weddings, 
but the nightly ghost tours bring in plenty of visitors. Oh, I'm sure it imagine. does. Yeah. I guess now would probably be the best time to bring up ghosts and stuff like that. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> right to that point. Some guests have captured images of spirits in the pictures, one of which is a ghostly hand at a recent wedding at the resort. Another is a man in an old fedora hat that was taken at the old shower stalls on site. And at the time that the picture was taken, the stalls were said to be completely empty. Another phenomenon is that people hear voices, but their voices repeat the same thing over and over, such as, who are you? Or, why are you here? Or, I want my baby back, baby back, baby. <laughs> I made that part up. <laughs> you gotta change it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> One of the ghost tour guides by the name of Chris Price says that people experiencing strange and sometimes uncomfortable symptoms from time to time, but they always fade away quickly. He said they always do a, a really quick check to see if the symptoms are from stress or some kind of a known health problem before they chalk it up to the paranormal activity. They want to make sure that, you know, they're being accurately and not just assuming that everything is paranormal. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I would do that too. According to Price, you would be surprised how often that they don't find a natural reason for the symptoms that somebody may be having. Hmm. So, some people are have even left the site because they were so uncomfortable from their time there. Chris Price says that while some visitors do feel uncomfortable, others found it to be a positive experience. He remembers one visitor who had recently had a motorcycle accident, and this visitor immediately felt better after entering the hospital ward. Hmm. So the visitor had instantly felt a uh, female presence, and most likely it was a nurse that walked past him. He could smell a sweet smell of perfume, and the visitor had been shaking when he came in, but it said a minute after the experience that he completely stopped his shaking and his pain decreased. Wow. Must have been that one chick, that one nurse. Could have been. That's so awesome. He was, it- sud- he was suddenly able to bend down and touch his toes, which he couldn't do since the accident. It's a miracle. That's amazing. I said it's amazing. I okay. <laughs> I lost my spot. <laughs> it showed Chris that the spirits were still trying to help people even isn't after that, all these. Isn't years. that nice? Oh, I don't know. That just gives me such a great feeling. It said that several spirits of former nurses from the hospital ward are always roaming the halls. There's also a mortician in a top hat that the staff has nicknamed Mr. Slimy. Ooh. I don't know why. They, I didn't see anything that said why gross. they named him that. He's been spotted on the grounds in several different locations. but And I don't know why they, I didn't get a name, real name. If they know he's a mortician, they should have a real name. Yeah, definitely. There's also a spirit that the staff calls Matron, who spends time in the hospital ward. My favorite spirit, though, from all the research that I did, was Mr. Chen. Mr. Chen? Chen, C-H-E-N. Oh, not like your chin. No, Chen. He was a fisherman from China, and he likes to wander around the uh, third-class living quarters. Mm -hmm. Now, so let's talk about this. Like, everybody's seen Titanic. They had the boat set up in different, you know, classes, more or less. Now, I say third-class 
because in this time, passengers who were not white had to live on this part of the compound. Okay, I don't like that. There would be 60 men to a single dorm. Obviously, this was the perfect breeding ground and the spread of germs and disease. Most wondered if they would ever even get out alive when they went into quarantine in these dorms. And like I said earlier, this place was only designed for 150 people. And like there was these ships that came in with over a thousand at one time. Mm -hmm. So that's why there were so many people crammed in. But for those that were first class, they had their own room. Oh. Their own private room. And those rooms are still standing today. No and, way. And they've been made into guest rooms at Q Station. Oh, my gosh. But once again, this just goes to show during the time that people who were deemed better than other people, they got their own private room while others were squished 60 people into That's so room. ridiculous. Get over yourself. <laughs> and when I said this is a nice luxury hotel, TripAdvisor has it listed in the top 10 hotels in the world. What? Yes. Wow. What an honor. This hotel, by the way, has got some incredible views right across Sydney Harbor. Oh, I bet. Uh, out to the sea. So you can actually see the city of Sydney and everything. I right bet there. that is gorgeous. It's got a five-star restaurant, a waterside bar. One of the things that's really cool about the hotel is it's... Got this really tranquil setting by day, but then it's like really creepy when night falls and it's time for the ghost tours. It's like, oh, I say literally night and day difference between the two. It's like being at two completely different places, just wow. whether it's daytime or nighttime. So one of the most haunted areas is the first class shower block. I'm going to say something to you and you're going to say no way, but this is true. Get this. The passengers here would have to take a carbolic acid shower to kill any germs, fleas, or lice. The hell is that? But anything with the word acid in it is not good. Many visitors report feeling incredibly uncomfortable when they enter the building, while others have heard voices and even been pushed while inside. So like you, I couldn't let this whole carbolic acid thing go. No, no. So I wanted to research a little more. Mm -hmm. Now, according to Google, it is a sweet-smelling clear liquid that is added to many different products. It is harmful if swallowed or if it comes, somebody comes in contact with the chemical. Does this sound like something they need to be putting, giving Baby you a shower man? up? Oh, my goodness. It's one of the oldest antiseptic agents, and it's also used in rural India to prevent snake infestation. All right, so here's what it was. It said that the, the showers were basically a sheep dip for humans, okay? Sheep dip. You know, like they would dip sheep or like a dog to get rid of fleas and all that. Oh. Something. Well, new arrivals were given the showers that were made up of 10% carbolic acid. And I guess the other 90% were water. It would take off their top layer of skin. <gasps> now, it didn't come off immediately, but over the course of the it next would, like, week, it would off? all peel off. Oh, Lord. So while this would happen, their belongings were put into a room and steamed at 239 degrees 
Fahrenheit or 115 Celsius for 20 minutes. So, and, and these things were like special rooms, almost like a bank, think of a bank vault, yeah. a small bank vault. And the, it was so it had like the door like you would see on a ship. Yeah. You know, a steel door. Yeah, yeah. And they would put the merchandise in there, their bags and all that stuff. And then they would steam them and then they would let them back out. So if there was anything in the bags, it would kill it. And so it was, that would probably hurt worse, the steam. Well, yeah, you wouldn't, they wouldn't put the people in there. No, steam. but I'm just trying to, com- <laughs> well, I'm trying to compare oh, steam two, against two, acid. 239 degrees, it would, it would cook you. Oh, medium well? Probably. Um. Keep in mind, remember when I worked in the rental industry, we had rooms like at the oh, bed yeah. bugs. Mm-hmm. Yep. It had industrial heaters that would get up. To, they would only get to about 170 degrees. Mm-hmm. 140 degrees kills a bed bug. There you go, folks. Some tip you didn't expect to learn tonight. And we would we would have these rooms like that that were insulated and they were pretty much air free or, 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 you know, vent free. And it would have an industrial heater that you could get up to 170, 180 degrees. And if we picked up merchandise from somebody, mm-hmm. we would put it in these rooms and we called it a cook room. And then in case there had been any kind of bugs or big yeah. bugs or anything like that, it would kill them. And that's how we prevented from sending merchandise to somebody's house that may be infested. That's yes. how we had to take care of things. That is true. And that was not an issue 20 years ago, but it's an issue now. It is bed an bugs, issue. I had never seen a bed bug till seven years ago, eight years ago. Yeah. Anyways, so back to the paranormal stuff, which probably won't be as disturbing as the showers. <laughs> the thinking about the showers. Yeah. In acid. So most of the staff have experienced some type of uh, strange or paranormal activity while working at the quarantine station. Kun Rahadian is the director of sales and marketing for the resort. He said that he has never been able to walk all the way down the shower block. He said... Something always seems to stop him around the halfway mark, and he has to turn around and go back. When he first started working there, he thought it was just him, but several other employees have said that they've had the exact same issue. Rahadian said that his children have seen spirits on the ground when they were visiting. His son saw a World War I soldier on the balcony outside of the hospital. And this is where a lot of sightings have been, apparently, Mm -hmm. by guests and employees, is outside that balcony area. He said that approximately 20 children haunt the site. Wow. You got to imagine for one in 10 children were dying over the years. Yeah, that's true. One of the most frequent spirits to be seen is that of a little boy named Isaac Lowe's. He died August 24th of 1878 of scarlet fever. That was a very common killer back then before the... the, uh, Discovery of antibiotics. So yeah. now the antibiotics would wipe something like that out in a heartbeat. Another child that is cited often is a little girl by the name of Mary Ann who likes to tag along during the ghost tours. <laughs> Chris Price says that he has had some wonderful tours with Mary Ann on in tow. That's so <laughs> nice. I wonder, if a go- I wonder if a ghost saw me, what he would think about my hair. I don't know. We had that experience in... Cincinnati, you remember? Well, yeah. I just wondering, like, what the hell's on her head? You know, I, I think, think about probably build a, I think there's a lot of things they have to get over, being a ghost and all. And I think your hair is probably the least of their concerns. <laughs> well, dang, <laughs> rude. <laughs> Chris said that when Marianne is in a good mood, she does some of her tricks for the younger groups, like opening doors creating swift breezes, and even 
touching people. Some people, especially children, report having a cold hand grab theirs while they're walking around the station. Oh my gosh. That's so freaky, but it'd be cool at the same time. Others have had their hair tugged or they get poked when no one is even standing close to them. It's not unusual for lights to turn on in rooms that have no electricity. Ooh, that's just showing off. Maybe it's solar. (laughs) Doors have slammed closed with no breezes, and many people have experienced a sudden drop in temperature even on the warmest evenings. Tracy, as we mentioned earlier, the quarantine station obviously saved thousands of lives by preventing the spread of disease. But... The cautionary measures that were taken to help weed out the sick from the healthy sometimes resulted in more quarantined people being infected. Mm. One of the most haunted areas of the quarantine station is the inhalation chambers. There's actually two inhalation chambers. What's that? Well, this is where healthy passengers had to breathe in steam infused with zinc sulfate several times a day to protect them from disease such as the Spanish flu. The problem was that if anyone entered these chambers who was infected, it caused it to rapidly spread to all the other people because it spread through the warm steam. Steam, yeah. That makes sense. One of these visitors is a spirit with the nickname of Red. He died of scarlet fever. I wonder if that's why they call him Red, Scarlet. (laughs) <laughs> You're dumb, no. I don't know. Well, it could be. Well, his name was Red before they, he got Scarlet Fever. Well, maybe so. What's that nickname of, of Red? Oh. He inspects visitors who enter these chambers, like today on tours. People oh, yeah. come in there. If they have a cold or a virus, he will become increasingly agitated, which has caused people in his in the proximity of his spirit to throw up or pass out. Because he, he's trying to spread the message, hey, look what right. happened to me. You can't be coming in if I knew you were sick. Now it's, you're going to pay the price. Staff who have worked there for years say that even though they know it's haunted, they could never leave there. Aww. They think of the spirits as co-workers. Most of them just mess, think that the spirits are just messing around, moving things, or they'll poke you in the back. But if you treat them with respect... They will treat you with the same respect back. See, I love that. I love it. Chris Price said he loves the atmosphere. It's not scary. It's not bleak. He said he loves the feeling of being surrounded by all the history. And it's just something really special, even if you're not doing a tour. See, I think that's good that he has such a, you know, great feeling about that place and positive. His favorite place is the hospital. He said the views of Sydney are intense. And he can usually rely on a handful of spirits even during the daylight hours. Oh, no way. There was one really cool pic that I was I saw. Remember we were talking about the shower block? Yes. Which is, you know, and this thing, if you look at it, it looks like cubicles. Like if you was to look at an office uh-huh. and look down on the cubicles, uh-huh. it looks like that, but they're all showers. Oh, okay. So it's just all, everywhere, both sides, nothing but showers. Well, I mean, at least and, she had some privacy, at right. least. But in this picture, you definitely could see a man with a fedora standing next to a small child. They were almost transparent, but you can tell that's what it was. There's another pic of the shower block that shows a hooded person just standing there. It literally looked like if you were wearing a hoodie and had the hood up Mm -hmm. and was standing there and it was just kind of darked out. Yeah. That's kind of what it looked like. And it was like really close to the camera. It was up close. So, 
And then uh, there was also uh, some pictures of the autoclave room, which is the rooms where they put the... Instruments. Yeah, the, the, well, that's the room where they put the stuff in and steamed it. Steamed it, yeah. Okay. And mm-hmm. there was a room of that that was open, and you could actually see a figure inside there. Hmm. And then the other thing I thought was 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 kind of cool is they have some of the headstones, I guess, from the cemetery, that, that the cemeteries that had to be removed. They have some of the headstones there in the hotel on display. Well, I'll be dang. So, well, yeah, how that, interesting. I, I wish that. that place wasn't so far away. I wouldn't mind going to see it. Australia, right outside of Sydney. Go yeah. see the Opera House. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Goodbye. guys. That wraps up that part of it. Now, obviously, we've got uh, a couple things to touch on on uh, upcoming shows and stuff, uh, and then we've got the interview with George Shoplin. You guys are going to absolutely love this. I also have a video of that interview that we'll put up at a later date. I'm going to throw it up in Patreon. So, if you're a Patreon supporter, you'll get it. But maybe next week or so, I'll put it up on uh, the regular page too, so people can see it. Such a such a fun time, Tracy. Yes. What do we have? Uh, we'll do the Patreons and we'll do the iTunes reviews, and then we'll, I'll give some quick updates on some shows. And we'll oh, okay. To George. All right. Well, our iTunes this week was Kay Cummins, Tyka eight four three, Vista Girl, Jason B, Mojo Lobster, and Rabbit Food. Thank you guys for your reviews. They were so nice. We appreciate y'all so much. And then our Patreon for this week was Rhonda Cook. Thank you, darling, for your support. We appreciate you so much. Yep. Keep it. Keep them iTunes reviews coming, and just we like it's a highlight of my day. I just love reading them. Yeah, and it's funny sometimes they come through in clusters. Like we had like one for most of the week. Yeah. And all of a sudden there was like three or four in the last. Yeah. Two so that was great. We yep. appreciate it so we, much. We definitely love the reviews. It helps us more than you know. And the same thing with my book. If you've gotten a copy of my book. And if you can go to Amazon and leave a review there, that actually helps a lot there. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I want to remind everybody that there are, some of them are short, but we've got a, about a thousand episodes up on Patreon. So if you want to become a member, you get all of these episodes ad-free. And then at the same time, you get uh, a bunch of bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. Most of them, you get almost an episode almost every single day. Oh, yeah, definitely. We get six a week. If you depend on which level you're on, but you can get up to six episodes a week and two full length episodes a month. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of talking, people. It, it sure is. It <laughs> sure is. All right. So real quick, the St. Augustine show. We only have, I think, twenty six tickets left oh, for wow. the St. Augustine show in in September. And uh, remember, if you book that and you want to stay at Beecher's Lodge. Call them. Do not go online and book because they will not know you're with our group and you will not get a discount. They don't have any way of knowing. You have to call them, and the number is is on our website on that page. Call them and uh, tell them you're with the show, Heavily Horror Stories, and uh, they will hook you up with a discount. But if you don't, they won't know. So that's very important. I, I know some people have already tried to book it through the website. They didn't get the discount, and then oh, it would just cause confusion. So. Uh-huh. But they caught one of them. Oh, but good. most of the time, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we want y'all to save that money. The Lighthouse Tour. It is my understanding that we only have five tickets left for oh. the uh, I said tour, but investigation. Nice. So that is also on our website, hibbleyhorrorstories.com. Um, and then we've got the Galveston show, the Memphis show, and the Dallas show. So all those tickets are available. Go check them out. All those are in October. Same week in October, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. 
So we got that going. Bobby Mackey tickets. We are down to about 25 tickets left, I think, for that one. It's almost sold out. We only do 50. And then uh, cruise updates. You guys are awesome. We're going to try to have Robin Troop. He's the, the gentleman that you talk to if you set up your, your tour. He's going to come on the show probably next week mm-hmm. and tell us a little bit about what you will encounter on the cruise and some of the fun stuff to do on the islands. But he's also a huge paranormal fan, and we're going to talk some paranormal as well. Sounds wonderful. As of right now, 69 cabins have been booked. And over 140 people. You guys are insane. That <laughs> is month. the greatest thing ever. Yeah, so they are ex- excited. And Royal Caribbean is excited. They love the fact that so many people that have booked are in their 20s and their 30s. Mm-hmm. They're not used to seeing that. Yeah, so they are good. super excited about that. That's wonderful. All right, let's listen to this interview with George Shoplin. If you don't know George... Trust me, after this, you will be doing everything you can to try to get in contact with him. Yeah, definitely. So. Hey, guys, I have got George Shoplin with me tonight. And aside from being just one of the coolest damn people you'll ever meet in your life, he is uh, inspiring to me because he's everything that I like out of life. Not only is he a paranormal investigator, but this man is a fighter. He has survived cancer, and he is 100% about motivation, and those characteristics and people are hard to find these days especially when you find them all in one george thanks for coming on buddy oh I, no seriously i'm gonna have to slow down a little bit turn it down but thanks for having me on <laughs> sometimes you know i have a, i'm guilty of this i will speak before i think so i'm gonna slow myself down a little bit because i love to motivate people and something always tells me well to motivate people you got to be loud or motivate people you got to talk fast and i want to do the opposite I want to say thank you so much for even giving me an opportunity to touch anybody's lives tonight that I've never met before. Um, I may say a few things uh, later on that maybe will hit home for somebody. And if I can help one person tonight or just help myself, I think it's a win-win for everybody. So thank you very much. Let's talk a little bit about the paranormal side. And yes, I, I, I guess we can say this because this is going to air Sunday. So we got a couple of days, but you're actually getting ready to head out to a pretty, pretty fun investigation. <laughs> I am actually we're heading out to and I could say it, it's a it's called the Byron Hotel here no more than five miles from my house it's a hotel that was back in the 1800s uh, it's a hotel that's on private property it's a hotel that has so much rich history to it and being a paranormal investigator where we're going tonight the Byron Hotel in Byron California where I live is nothing better being a paranormal investigator and there's history involved I mean you got to be a his, somewhat of a history buff if you can to invest to be a paranormal investigator mm-hmm. it's 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 the greatest thing in the world now going tonight at the again byron hotel it's it's just one of those places that is so close to home but you feel like you're far away and it's just going to be something with a group of five of us tonight um we're bringing no bells and whistles we're just bringing in uh, old we use a lot of uh like old school equipment if i may i mean if, if it's okay to say that i love all the equipment out there but we keep it pretty much really uh, easy we just make it easy we're bringing a couple of people out there that have never investigated before and um i hopefully i'll turn them on to paranormal investigating and let them know that it's a fun situation and hopefully i'll be able to bring a couple of people into the paranormal field but the most important thing is to let them know you know what have fun have fun have fun it's not always scary like scooby-doo have fun <laughs> you know and that's where we're going tonight byron hotel man where i'm i'm pretty excited about it you know it's just Paranormal investigating, I could 
honest to gosh, sir, I can actually investigate a Chevron bathroom and it wouldn't make a difference to me because I just love to investigate. It's just, there's so many spirits out there that are lost. I feel my opinion and paranormal is all about my opinions. Doesn't mean it's a fact or, or anything like that, but it's just, uh, it, it feels good to help the spirits because we don't know what the hell ha heck happens after we leave here. I mean, uh, it, we don't know. And if I can somehow help, if it's the living or somebody else on the other side of the veil, then I, I feel that for me is a win for me. And that's what I'm about is, is helping the living or the spirit world, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. You mentioned old school type equipment. Are we talking like dowsing rods or what are we talking? Yeah, my wife actually Kara Shoplin, she does dowsing rods. I don't know how to use those too well because I end up tip, tipping them and I, you know, I'm not very good at it. But for us tonight, it'd be something like so basic, you know, uh, EVP recorder, uh, a compass, uh, blindfolds, a cassette recorder, um, the dowsing rods. Uh, we'll, you know, just just basic stuff, because I know with a lot of the new people getting into this, you know, it's becoming more and more expensive. And, you know, it's 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 I don't want people. I, the people that we're going to see tonight that have never investigated before, I want them not to be afraid of, look at, look at this STLS camera. Yeah, it's pretty pricey. I don't want to scare them off before they get in love with the paranormal. Right. So that's, that's why we're going to keep it really basic. But, you know, I investigate and I, I, you know, a lot of people like to say this, you know, and I mean, this is it, you don't need a lot of bells and whistles to paranormal investigate. And what I mean by that is this is I truly feel I want to make sure I say this the right way and slow enough for myself to understand it is I do believe it has nothing to do with the black shirt that I wear when I paranormal investigate. It has everything to do with having a great attitude, having a good heart and just having a fun time doing it. Cause I do believe this in my opinion, I sorry if I'm taking this the wrong way is I, we see orbs when we go paranormal investigating orbs could be anything from miss water. It could be a bug or whatever. But who's to say that the paranormal spirits on the other side of the veil don't see us as we see them as the orbs, the, 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 the blue lights, the white lights, the orange lights, the yellow lights, the red lights. Who's to say that when I go to an investigation with my wife or, or whomever I go with, if I'm in a really bad mood, I am guilty of it. I'll still paranormal investigate. And I don't mean no disrespect to the paranormal field. Is if, but if I'm in a really happy mood and life is really good, who's to say that I don't put off a certain color? of an orb that the spirits may see us and they may yes. say this it could happen i mean there's no proof it's just for me it makes me feel better because i'm able to go to an investigation i may be putting off a, a a white light and maybe the spirit will see the white light of i want to talk to that guy because i trust him i can tell that he's really honest he's not he's not lying to us he's not doing this he's not putting off a red orb to, meaning to, for me and i'm not saying it's true or false but a red orb can mean angry you're, you're not honest. I mean, whatever it may be, but everything I say that to that is just, it's just a, it's just my opinion. So tonight will be great. I'm in a great mood. Um, I had a, a, a decent week with work, but I don't let that affect paranormal because I just, I, I get paranormal hundred percent. I, I love the paranormal field and I really do. And I, I, I it's so much fun to me. It's so much fun. Talk about some of your abilities. Now, you had some abilities as a, as a child. You kind of put it off a little bit, tried to ignore them. Uh, from my understanding, you're a clairvoyant, a clairaudient, a clairsentient, a claircognizant, everything pretty much but a Claire Huxtable. Yeah. And look, I, without, well, 
that was pretty good. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, that was really good. But let me say this, you know, without, as a parent, I don't want to keep on saying after because of a paranormal field or, or investigator, everything is based on validation. Everything is about validation. But let me just, if I may, just for a moment, when I was a child, I used, I grew up in a Catholic family. My mom's from Palermo, Italy, or Sicily. And um, she'd get mad if I said Italy, Sicily. Uh, but, you know, they grew up, my, you know, my family grew up, uh, you know, they would read tea or, or tea, like they would read, I don't know how that is, but they would do some, some neat things. But when I was growing up, I remember seeing my first, very first shadow, my first spirit at a house I used to live in South San Francisco. And from that point on, I used to always hear things. But if I can just say this is without validation, it's all opinionated and no one can ever, some people may say, well, yeah, I don't know, prove it. Here's my thing is, and I, and I do apologize, just tell me to stop and I will stop talking, is- <laughs> Hey, I brought you on here to talk. <laughs> well, 19, yeah, thank you. 19 years ago, I ran into cancer. 19 years ago, I had cancer. And during that time, I went through radiation. And after the radiation, I had, and it was all over my head area. After radiation, I had about two to three grand mal seizures. That is when everything started opening up for me. And that's when everything was like, oh my gosh. And I couldn't tell my wife for almost 10 years that I was seeing, we weren't into the paranormal field 19 years ago. We were still watching Scooby-Doo. We were still watching scary shows, whatever it may be. I didn't know about the paranormal field, but it scared the living crap out of me, if I could say crap. It scared me so bad that I was seeing, smelling, I was feeling, I was seeing things I could never explain. And I felt like I was going nuts. Now, today in 2021, my answer and my opinion to this is why I'm able to feel and what I'd be going through is because of the grand mal seizures. I do believe my opinion is this, that the grand mal seizures, excuse me, the grand mal seizures did something. Now, we only use 10% of our, our, they say, of our brain, 10%, 11% of our brain. I did some research on it, and I'm not saying I use 12% because I, I, I don't think so. But I do believe something happened. I do believe something happened after the grandma seizures, and it opened something up. And that's, that's where I'm at. And I have no validation. All I know is it's not a light switch. It's almost like a dimmer switch. The dimmer switch is sometimes really low. And sometimes everything is so perfect with my, with from attitude or the day or, or whatever it may be. And then the dimmer switch starts turning up a little bit and I'm able to blow my own mind away. And I, and, and, and it, 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 it's, it's, I'm not, I, I'm not, uh, it's kind of scary sometimes. It's really scary because I will, some, I hate the word I, but some things happen sometimes where I don't want to say it out loud because it may not be good for somebody else. Or, or myself. So I keep it to myself. But it, it, it's that's when it all really started for me. It was like 19 years ago. Tell me about the different clairs as far as what's the difference. I, most people of us, most of us have heard clairvoyant, but some of the clairaudient you don't hear as much, uh, clairsentient and claircognizant, I'm not near as familiar with. So break those down real quick. This <laughs> is what the differences are. Well, see, by you, even I, don't know what the differences are either with the wording and I, i'm not the brightest guy when it comes to what let's say i can smell things or if i can see things or if i feel things those all cover every word that you said now i gotcha. don't know you know and and, and it's, you know some people may say well you know that's kind of ridiculous you should know no i don't know all i know <laughs> is is when it comes to the wording i really don't know that's why you don't see myself i don't 
blasted on Facebook or social media because, you know, it seems like every morning or every day, everybody's saying that they're this or that. I don't want to be this or that. It, it's not a, it's not a, if I may say this, it's not the best gift ever because it is very scary. It's very scary. And it being scary is something that I, you know, you go, you, you go to an investigation and I've lost a lot of friends in my, in this paranormal journey, because, you know, you go to a location, I'm with my wife or, or uh, we're doing film or whatever, whatever we're doing. And all of a sudden something happens to me. Like I feel something or I, I hear something and I've lost friends because they're saying, no, you're lying or this or that. How can you prove it? I can't prove it. All I can say is this is what's happening right now. And certain things have happened to me where I'm able to show validation, of course, but not all the time. It's kind of hard to show validation. I do believe when it comes to the paranormal field without validation, it really doesn't exist. You know, you got to have, you got to have some real good proof because I can say every single day, oh, there's somebody behind you. Well, prove it, you know, and that's my thing is that's one of the things that I can't prove. All I can say is that's why I keep a lot of things to myself because I keep a lot of, and it's kind of, and it's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, you want to tell people what you see, but at the same time, or, or what you feel, or, you know, you could like, I'll have dreams, even I have dreams and it happens like three days prior, uh, three days in the future, something will happen. Like, Oh my God, honey, I just dreamed about that. That I, but I write things down now, you know, I'm jumping all over the place, but now I, I, if I feel something that's so strong, uh, like in an investigation tonight, if I feel something like, oh my gosh, this is going to happen, or if it's going to be great, or if I connect with a name or I connect with something, I'll actually write it down on a piece of paper and I'll seal it in an envelope, sealed. And that's, it's not open, it's sealed. And if I feel like, oh my gosh, I just heard the word Dave or whatever, or the name Dave, and they'll be like, well, prove it. Let me show you what I wrote down two days ago. And it's in a sealed envelope. And that's how I do my validation because I want people to believe because I'm not the only one out there that feel that is going through this. It's, it's, it's not, it's not a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's scary because you don't, it's scary. It's just, it can be very scary. So to answer your question, I don't know what the, you know, everything I've done or what I feel is those words that you said, but it's like, I'm not, you know, I just don't, I don't know what the differences are either. I, I don't call, I don't call myself a medium. I don't, I'm just a paranormal investigator. I'm a cancer survivor. And I, I, I just love helping people and I love helping spirits and I help myself too at the same time. Do you have a grasp on your abilities as far as control? Do you, do they, do you have stuff like bombarding you 24 hours a day or is it just under certain circumstances? It's absolutely certain circumstances. It's not like a, it's not an ongoing video going on or ongoing record that keeps playing over and over again. No, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like, it's not a light switch. It, it, it's, it's there. It's like a dimmer switch and it's not every day. It's, it's, you know, it's, I, I, I'm glad it's not. And when people say that every day, they, they, you know, some people say, well, I, they're 24 seven. I wouldn't want that because, you know, if, some people, you know, and, and, and the fields, everybody loves to be, I mean, I don't mean this rude, but, you know, I, I love, a lot of people want the attention and, and, and such. And, you know, it's, I'm not looking for the attention. I just want to do what I do and have fun. And I wasn't born with abilities. I think something was going on because of how I was raised in the Catholic family. I don't know, but it all started for me, like I said, 19, 20 years ago 
after the, my grandma's seizures. And that's what I think triggered everything, everything that I've been dealing with now uh, with paranormal field or the abilities, if you want to call them. So we brought up the point that some people do this for attention, yeah, which is going to segue me somewhat uh, into this. The, you were on an episode of yes. Ghost Adventures, the Kennedy Mine episode. And and I know you don't know me very well, uh, George, but as far as our show, I've been very critical of Zach uh, just because I don't particularly like his style of, of, you know, being aggressive and trying to tick off whatever's in there. I just, I, to me, it's disrespectful. And I don't know, I don't know Zach as a person. I don't really have an opinion on him as a person, but as that style of investigating, that just to me is, comes across as disrespectful. So just being the fact of trying to be, you know, as transparent as possible, that is something I bring up here because I don't know, I don't know what kind of relationship you've built, if any, with Zach. I know you were on the show. I don't know if you guys have kept in touch, but you know, it, it would be unfair for me to even talk about it without mentioning that you know I have been very vocal about his uh, style on the show. I I have to, yes, I have to agree with you hundred percent. I, I, you know, but I, I think, you know, I, I've watched, I just got done watching his first episode season one and I watched his, when he first started his, his journey. And, you know, I will say this, I was guilty of just about everybody. They watch ghost adventures and they, and Zach is just this Zach, he's Zach. And what I didn't like is when he started, when he, I don't know how much seasons he carried himself to, be so-called disrespectful or being like, talk to me, demon, or whatever it may be, right. you know, you know, it's, it's the only thing I will say to him. And I, and I, we had a discussion uh, way back when is, you know, he's, and I know he realizes it, but I, I think he needs to realize that there's people watching him, millions and millions of people. And I was guilty when I first started watching Ghost Adventures because I thought when he was doing what he was doing, oh my God, that's how you paranormal investigate. So I'd go to investigations and I would be the, I would be doing the same thing, just like thousands of other people, because they thought it was the right thing to do. Well, it's not, it's just the opposite. And, you know, I, I, I've gotten an opportunity to, to uh, share some time with them for sure. Um, but, you know, it's, he is a nice guy. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I try to stick up for him as much as I can. He doesn't need me to stick up for him, but, right. you know, I will, I will say that, when it comes to Zach, and my opinion only is Zach is um, Zach has a wall up about 50, 50 feet over his head because I couldn't imagine being in his shoes every day and knowing that people want to be his friend, let's say, but it's fake friendship because everybody always wants something from him. It could be an autograph. It could be uh, a, uh, an opportunity to be on TV or an opportunity to be a to be backstage, I don't know, whatever it may be. So, you know, I do believe that Zach is, uh, he's a very nice man. I, I really have to say that. I, I, but, you know, I, I understand that his wall, the only people he trusts are his, his assistant Bacon, and, and that's his, his name, it's, he has his, okay, and Aaron, Jay, Billy, Dakota, and that circle. I mean, he, he's very protective, and I can't blame him. Uh, the only person I really keep in contact with would probably be dakota uh dakota is really you know just a just a great man i mean a great young man and you know zach he's destination fear right yes sir okay. yeah and yeah and you know he's 
I got to work with him and, and Aaron and Billy and Jay and, and of course, Zach and the crew, but um, it was fun. I had a good time. It was four or five days of, I had fun. You know, it was a good time. And, um, you know, I, I learned a lot of things. I learned a lot of things not to do, but I also learned a lot of things how to do it. And, you know, I realized, I didn't realize how, I didn't really realize how much work was involved in a 41 minute show. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like, holy cow, are you kidding me? And, um, but it was, a, it, you know, they, just like every other show out there, you know, it's, it's all in that little screen for 41 minutes. Every paranormal investigator that, that it has a TV show or whatever they're looking for, whatever they're doing, they're working hard. They're up hours, 15 hour days. They're working really hard, but you know, everybody has a good opinion. You know, people have opinion about Zach or myself or, or, or anything in life. If they like Burger King, if they like McDonald's um, it's, 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 it's not, everybody's going to be like, Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, it's, you know, but Zach, I, I, I don't have anything to say bad about Zach. Zach is, you know, Zach is uh, he's grown and, He's on a journey kick, you know, he's doing really good. And, you know, as long as he keeps on the journey that he's on and, and I, I seem to think he's doing a good job, but that's, again, my, it doesn't, my opinion is my opinion. You he's know? definitely a master of his craft. He knows how to uh, maximize. He's a businessman. Yeah. He knows yeah. how to maximize what he's doing. The, uh, yeah. the museum out there in, in vegas i mean that was huge the the demon house deal oh, was yeah. great and yeah. so everything he seems to be touching turns to gold except for i guess the uh, house out in california that was the murder victims before the the tate situation i don't yeah. guess that's when as planned but you can't yeah. win them all i don't guess no but he's you know exactly but he's you know i guess if you know uh, zach zach Bagan slash aka businessman you know, and, you know, he may not be go down as uh, being a paranormal investigator, who knows, but, you know, for me, I, I, I don't see him as a paranormal investigator. I, I not that nothing rude. I think he right. does. I, I see him as a businessman and he's doing something right. Cause he's been doing this now. I don't know how many seasons, you know, 29 seasons. I don't even know anymore. So uh, he's been doing, and I, like I said, we just got done watching episode one, season one and wow. You know, he's, it's, it's, he was such a young man and now he's a little bit older, of course, with a few grays here and there, but you know, so. How, how did you end up on that show, particular show? How does that come about? Um, what happened was to be, we were at, uh, we did an investigation uh, with a, we were doing a, uh, a documentary with another, uh, a crew at one time, my wife and I, and a few others. And what happened was, is they, the, the Jackson, California is very small. It's about the size of a bag of M&Ms. And it basically, it was, it, they found out that we we're doing, there's some paranormal investigators out there and such. And we're at the Kennedy mines in Jackson, California. And the next thing you know, what happened was we weren't searching for any of this stuff. We're just investigating just my wife and I and stuff and a few other people. Uh, we, my wife ended up getting a, a an email. Uh, it was a, uh, like a newspaper out there in Jackson. They wanted to know more about what, what happened and et cetera at that location. And we sat down with the reporters one day, my wife and I had a local Starbucks up there. And next thing you know, that the newspaper came out, whatever about the investigation of Kennedy Mines. And then a couple of months later, my wife, not I, my wife got called by Ghost Adventures and the producers, they wanted to know more about it. And the only reason why they wanted to know about that, my opinion is because I ended up getting scratched. I ended up getting into a little bit of trouble up there in the third floor. And that has everything to do when you see scratches that's another opinion why I think I got scratched, but 
uh, it's not always about demons and demonic. It's not always that. And I think that's what they thought. And it wasn't. Um, and that's my wife got contact. Next thing you know, we ended up at Jackson, California for, you know, four or five days. And, and it was, like I said, it's, it's something in the past. Uh, you know, it, it was, I had a good time, man. I, it, it just gave me more respect for what they put into this TV stuff. But, you know, I, I, I tell you, I wish there was no TV stuff. Not going to sound hypocritical maybe, but about <laughs> paranormal because it changes everybody. You know, it changes people. Everybody's trying to do whatever it takes to try to get on TV. I mean, why? Just paranormal investigate. Go back to where you first started paranormal investigating when you were all so green. And it was it was fun to be scared, you know. And now it's going a different direction now. It's kind of sad. You know, it's like everybody wants to film. You know, how about just go investigate? Go have fun. I was talking to Grant Wilson a couple of years yes. ago. Yeah. And Grant said, you know, the one thing that he missed was when before the TV show, before Ghost Hunters came out, that they would go in, they would investigate, they would sit down with the family. This is what we found. Then they would work through the problem and try to find a solution for the family. And he said, but then when Ghost Hunters started, it was pretty much a prelim investigation. And then yeah. that was it. And they left the family. And he always felt like that, that they were leaving the job half done by not being able to get through. And that was, he thought, he said that was one of the reasons that when the TV show, when he left the TV show, he got back into more of a grassroots form of investigation. And he did. I've, I've never ever gotten to meet him, but you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you know, that's one thing about, you know, with any of the TV shows, you know, it's, it's first and foremost, it's entertainment. It's called entertainment, but at the same time, you know, you're not in charge of your investigations. It's either A&E or if it's Travel Channel or whoever it may be, they tell you where to go. Uh, I just got done doing something a couple of years ago with uh, one of this. Well, I guess it doesn't matter now. It was with it was with hopefully it's OK to say this A&E. I don't even, I, I think it's OK. It's over and done with. Uh, but, you know, it was fun. But at the same time, we we were it felt like I walked away very disappointed because it felt like it wasn't you weren't able to investigate you you had to do everything their way or or whoever and i'm not saying it's i'm not saying it's i, I love travel channel i love a and e i love all these stations okay but i you know it, it 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 takes away being a paranormal investigator that's my opinion because you have to do everything their way you know instead of just paranormal investigating now that makes sense i mean you know they're they're they don't Numbers. really care as much about the paranormal investigating side as they are the entertainment value and, and, and putting commercials on that show. So exactly, exactly, exactly. No, it, 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 you know, the one person, not the name drop, I'm not, I don't like name drop, but I, I will have to say this, the paranormal investigator I am today, I'm not hey, look, we're all equal. I, I do. And I, I, people say all the time, we're all equal. We're all equal. It's all about para unity. I am a firm believer we are all equal because we all ask the same questions. We all we all go into the investigation like, you know, what is your name or whatever it may be. But there's one person out there that showed me so much on a two day of two day or 24 hour investigation. That was Elizabeth Saint. I got to meet her. Uh, someone brought her to uh, it was my birthday. My wife and a few other people. Uh, brought her to the hotel. It was a, I don't know if it was, I don't want to say, it's going to sound really weird. It was like a birthday gift. I'm a huge fan of her at the time and still am. But she showed me something that was so, so awesome is she taught me to, when you walk into an investigation, 
And I never did this until she told me to do it. Just walk, walk around the location and feel if you can, if you can feel any pressure change, can you feel the gut feeling? Like you feel like somebody's watching you as you're walking the hotel or wherever you're at. So I do feel that to this day, Elizabeth Saint is, she taught me something that was so simple and that's to just walk the invest and walk the location, walk, 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 and just feel the pressure change and if, or no pressure change. And if you feel pressure change, stop where you're at, take an EVP or just sit there and wait and see if something or, or someone, if you get someone that breathes in your, in your, in your ear or, or your voices or whatever it may be. So, um, but I had, I don't mean the name that's, that's silly on my part, like name drop like that. Sorry about that. It was just, you know, that's, I have to give her so much respect and so much paranormal love because she taught me so much to the, I still do this day. Thanks to her. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's name dropping. Like when I mentioned Grant, that was name dropping, but you're giving, <laughs> <laughs> you're giving props to somebody who showed you something. <laughs> no, I wish I, I know I hope to meet Grant, man. I, I, He's just one of those guys. He's just, you know, there's a lot of people I want to meet out there, but if not, it's okay too. You know, it's, it's okay. I'll tell you a funny story about, about Grant. We got hooked up. We didn't know each other, obviously. And, and we get hooked up through uh, his manager at the time. Uh-huh. And we're sitting there talking and he asked me how the weather was. I'm like, oh, I was raining a lot uh, here. I said, you know, I, was, uh, I live in Lexington, Kentucky. And he's like, wait a minute. He said, you know where I live, don't you? And I'm like, no, he lives 30 minutes from me. No way. He was actually in Lexington that day picking up some supplies at the pet store. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I had no clue because I I knew he had lived up up northeast for a long time. And I assumed that's where he still was. But apparently he's he's been in Kentucky for, you know, five, six, seven years now. Now, he seems you're lucky you've gotten to meet him. He seems just like a normal and everybody's normal, I guess. But he just seems so like down to earth yeah just down to earth just down to, uh, he's a husband he's a i i think he has yeah he has kids mm-hmm. i mean he's a dad you know and that's the one thing about the you know paranormal or anything you know we all seem to forget that you know we're all either married or we, we uh, we're, we're husbands or or we're wives or whatever it may be um it's not all about paranormal for me I, even though we love we love paranormal but you know at the same time it's all about for me is is my wife my kids uh, my health, you know, uh, et cetera. But Grant just seems to be just one hell of, he just looks like he would just give you the last piece of the cornbread. So I take it, just take it. To, you know? to, to name drop some more, <laughs> but not really, <laughs> but in the purpose of giving props, we've been very blessed to talk to some very big names in the paranormal way. Amy, Amy Bernie, Adam Berry, uh, Johnny O'Tenney, uh, Chad Lindbergh, yeah. Everybody that we've talked to has been just like that. Just I mean, normal. it's it's down all earth. just been down to earth. Adam Berry saying happy birthday to my granddaughter. Oh, wow. You know, and, and it was so really cool. And then when she sent him a video reply on Twitter, he answered back. I wow. mean, it's just, you know, like I said, and Amy's a mom and we talked about that kind of stuff and juggling what she does with, with being a parent. and Right. It's like I said, it's uh, Chad. The conversation I had with Chad Lindbergh was very similar to the conversation me and you were having. I mean, it was like we'd known each other for years and right. I had never talked to him before, but it was just, you know, just you know it's that, a mutual respect with everybody we've ever talked to. 
No, and, and you know that's the whole thing that you know, and uh, it, that's such a great story about you because I, I, I wish everybody would just take a deep breath and stop being so divided and don't have to be anything but yourself. Just be yourself. Have you know, and be kind to people. Um, it's, it's, it. You know, you get to an age like you're just saying with with the people you you just you just told us about. But you know, there's no reason why we all can't be nice and grounded and and enjoy life and, and share stories and not have an attitude or, or try to outdo each other or, or whatever it may be. I mean, that's high school stuff. Uh, I, I do believe we all have a passion for living and we have a passion for paranormal. We have passion for, you know, whatever. And it, it's, it's nice to hear stories, what you just said, because somebody out there needs to hear that because somebody out there is, is maybe has a chip on their shoulder and it's time to get rid of the chip and just be nice. And, be grounded and just be thankful that, you know, that you're here now because a hundred years from now, none of us are going to be here. We don't know where we're going to be, you know, and it's, it's, that's a different side, you know, but hopefully an alien will come over my house one day and just suck me up and, and I'll just live forever and ever and ever and ever. But, you know, <laughs> I don't know what the odds are with that one. So how are things with your health today, George? Thank you for asking. Uh, my health is good. Uh, it's really, it's, it, it's really good. Nobody's a 10. I'm probably about a nine right now. I had, uh, I had my second go around with cancer on February 19th. I had surgery again. Uh, I knew about cancer right around October, November of 2020, but due to the COVID, I had to wait. And it was the most scary waiting time <sighs> I ever had it. I had to wait for surgery. And it was so scary because I started getting really sick and I was getting, I was feeling really cruddy and I could feel it. And people say, no, you look fine, blah, blah, blah. No. I'm telling you right now, you guys, I don't feel good at all. And during the COVID situation, and there's millions of people that, you know, that lost their lives and a million, millions of people on the same boat as I, but uh, when I felt wrong, I found out what was going on in October, November, uh, they told me, and next thing you know, I had, they said, well, we can't get you in right now. COVID hospitals are full in your area, blah, blah, blah. There's nothing we can do. And they didn't say those type of words, like there's nothing they can do. They said, look, you're going to be okay. You know, we'll, we'll schedule you in when we can. Next thing you know, I get a phone call or a text or a uh, message. And uh, I had, it was on February 19th, went in three and a half hours later, I was out. Uh, uh, the tumor was size of a marble. Uh, it was something that it was scary because you never know. It's kind of like when you open up a Christmas gift, you really don't know what's in there till you open up the gift. And even though you may look like, it may look like a stuffed animal, but who knows? Uh, my thing is this, is when the doctor's going to anybody, you're always thinking they're going to find worse or they're going to find more or whatever it may be. But, you know, I, I got, I, I truly feel, I truly feel, I don't want to get emotional. I truly feel that, that I do believe these words and I, and they're just words, but you know, as long as I keep on loving life, life is going to keep on loving me back. And I know that sounds really like they're just words, but it keeps me alive. It keeps me, keeps me having hope and being hopeful of, you know, of cancer or whatever it may be. Um, but today I'm good. Yesterday I was good. I'm stronger today than I was, you know, a month ago. Um, on my Facebook, I, I, I was, uh, there are some pictures I put up. Uh, I don't know why, but I did. And I was swollen like a basketball and my head, my face was all swelled out. And the next thing you know, I think my wasn't looking for attention is I don't want anybody to give, God, I get emotional. 
I don't want anybody to give up if a doctor calls and says you have cancer. Just don't give up because doctors are very talented. There's so much hope out there now with the medical field. But doctors, I don't mean to be disrespectful, are just like they can make mistakes. You know, like there you go. I want to thank you for helping me, saving me all that one. It's true because 19 years ago when I had my first shot of cancer, they gave me up to a year to live. And it's because the cancer was so close to my lymph nodes that they, it hairlined it. I mean, really just, I don't, maybe it didn't touch it. I don't know how that works. They said, we'll know in a year if you're going to be here or not. They were just blunt. And next thing you know, it's two years, it's five years, it's 10 years and, and such. And, and next thing you know, it's 19 years. Now it's even longer because I'm still here. Um, but you know, it's, it's t- today I'm really good and tomorrow I'll be even better and so forth. You know, um, I think that word cancer is, you know, I wish they would change the word and say that, look, you have flowers. Okay. You know, it ain't that bad. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. You know, it's, it's just that word, you know, you hear that word and a lot of people start like I did, I broke down. I, I, I was not in a good spot and, and going to, oh, through it again, second time around was not fun, but, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm good. I mean, uh, I'm good. You know, it's, I just hope that the only thing I could think of is, you know, people say, well, you have a reason to be here. Well, yeah, I'm here because my family needs me and I need their family. But if it's going to help one person out there, like, and I know that sounds so hallmark, if that's going to work, it's not a hallmark card, but if, if one person if was told today and got a call from her doctor, he or she is, is don't, don't lose hope don't give up because that's half the battle. You start giving up your, your, your whole health is going to, it's going to diminish and you, you need all the strength that you need to fight that demon. Now that sounded like Zach, but you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, that sounded, that sounded bad, but you know, you, you need everything you can get. So, you know, somebody out there, you know, if, if anything at all, just never give up. And that's one of the things I, you know, I try to do on social media. I use social media for motivation. I use social media to, help i use motivation to help myself sometimes or or whatever and and but to answer your question it seems like i take 20 minutes on a question is my health is good i feel good and i'm you know i'm i'm very thankful to be here still very thankful to be alive and very thankful to be smiling and very thankful that um i'm giving another chance to do something that i'm supposed to do next who knows what it is let me say this: the the fact that you'll take twenty minutes on one answer, Sorry. is part of the reason that I absolutely love you. Uh, no. I, I I think I think the reason I think you have so much to get out there, and you're so excited about getting it out there that I don't think you you maybe realize that what you think is going on a long time about something is on the other end on my end wishing that it wouldn't stop because it's so inspirational and it's so hard to find people these days that have that kind of uh, inspiration, that kind of motivation to just keep pulling. I'm that kind of person. Uh, I went through a lot of dark stuff myself, got through it, and it was all because I know how to motivate myself and I use that motivation to help others. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm completely drawn to what you do and and what you do on social media so thank you i mean you couldn't uh thank you i'd give you a 
good old long man hug right now if you're next to me because uh that's really kind of you to say because it's that's all i'm trying to it's not i hate the word i i think we all can work together and really do something powerful out there and you know i wish that we'd all like you and me right now today you know i think we do great together you know trying to help some people or whatever it may be but you know those words thank you you know it's that's i'm just trying to make a difference in the right way you know and and just you know i i just don't like seeing i'm not looking for the right words i just want to say what's coming to my mind i don't want to see people suffer and you know what and that's my biggest thing is seeing people suffer out there and um if there's somehow some way that you and i could do what we're doing tonight together and we able to just make someone smile honestly or cry saying you know they may cry of just like oh my gosh i was giving up and i just listened to these two guys i'm not giving up and they cry because of their they needed to then we've done our job together how we're supposed to do this tonight yeah and if i don't get off here that's going to be me <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry no i'm telling you brother man I, I could talk to you all night long but you've got an investigation to do I do. and uh tell everybody real quick the best way to keep up with george shoplin as far as because i i get this motivation and stuff through your facebook page and yeah. uh, i see other things a couple of little things on youtube but uh yeah. what's the best way for everybody else to be able to keep up with you the easiest way i won't make it complicated i've had a you know twi i've had a lot of stuff but I, it's basically now just facebook george shoplin on facebook and i've said this to people is you can find me there if you have a, and I mean this, and I mean this, if you need to message me and you need to just vent, if you need to cry, yell, what I, and I, and I get back to people ASAP, I don't leave you stranded on a desert island, is reach out to me on Messenger and say, look, I need someone to talk to. And there's nothing better sometimes is to talk to a stranger because you're not judged in any sort of way. And I would love to be your stranger. If you need someone to talk to, just find me on Facebook or Messenger. And I promise you, I'll do whatever I can to get you to smile again or to make you laugh, whatever you need. I'm there. George, it's been a blast. We'll get you yes, on sir. again and we'll talk yes, some, uh, some more paranormal, get you to tell us about some of the places you investigated. And Yes, sir. But uh, man, it's been a blast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you and good luck this weekend. Everything works out well for you. All right, brother. Thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Bye-bye now. George Shoplin, everybody. Good night, you guys. Is he not an incredible person? He is. I mean, he just makes my heart happy, and he's so inspiring. I just love him. I love that he lives life to the fullest and just don't hold back. And we didn't talk about this in, in the beginning of the show. We just put it at the end. But this is just give you another example of, of how George is as a person. We barely know each other. We, you know, have talked a little bit on Facebook. I've kind of followed him. I know how inspirational he was, and I wanted him to be on the show because of that. And we were supposed to talk at 9 o'clock on uh, Friday night. And Tracy, unfortunately, had a minor episode. She had to go to the hospital and spent the night. And I was going to cancel the interview, obviously, and spend the time with her, but the hospital kicked me out. Luckily, it turned out to not be anything major, um, you know, but... I told George, you know, that I almost canceled because of it. And the next day, even though he spent till two o'clock in the morning out doing an investigation, the next day he sent me a message specifically just to check on Tracy. Oh, I know. Isn't that the sweetest thing? He's awesome. 
He is. He's but. really awesome. So just when people think things are bad, you know, just try to try to stay positive in your life and things will turn around. I agree. Thank you guys so much for everything you do for us. We we appreciate it more than you will ever know. Yes, and we love you guys so much and we hope you have a blessed week. <laughs>